0: You're listening to The Doctor's Companion, brought to you by InStockTrades.com and DCBService.com. hello (laughs) how is everyone out of nowhere look well we didn't go away we're still here
1: oh oh wow wow we uh really pushed through that one did we (laughs)
0: yeah we're we're still here uh well i just i know that i know we lose like 70% 70% of our listenership when it when we go back to classic who
1: so we can just say anything now like we yeah can just- i'm just
0: reminding people we're here
1: hi guys i secretly love the Moffitt era like i secretly just love it it's my favorite thing <laughs> it's the best era of doctor who ever
0: we're still here uh i'm scott
1: corelli and i'm matt smith but i'm not that matt smith
0: yeah, and we're, we're still from mindrobber.net, the home side of Mind Robber Productions, where we talk about all the things on podcasts, like this one, The Doctor's Companion, where we talk about Doctor Who, even when Doctor Who isn't on TV, uh, and then The Mind Verses, where we pick a show we love, and we talk about it episode by episode currently. We're talking about Superman the Animated Series and Batman the Animated Series, and then also we use that podcast to get uh, really detailed analyses of uh, big tentpole movies as they come out. So we uh, this year we started with Iron Man 3, then we did Star Trek Into Darkness, and the next one is probably going to be Man of Steel. Um, so uh, subscribe to The Mind Robbers Versus and don't miss out on those. Then, of course, our flagship podcast, The Mind Robbers, uh, where we talk about everything else. And if you like our shows, you should review them on iTunes. But if you have questions, comments, concerns, you can email those to us at podcast at mindrobber.net. Uh, but if you want to start a discussion, you want to go to the website, mindrobber.net, Find the post to this episode, and then you're going to leave a comment, then other people will leave comments, and that's how we have a discussion uh, on the internet. Uh, and then, uh, finally, tell your friends and remind them that the show keeps going, even though there's not new episodes of Doctor Who. Um, okay, so we're back to Classic Who. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. Uh, we're talking Robots of Death, which is a fourth Doctor Leela story. Uh, from the from the tail end of the uh, Hinchcliffe Holmes era. Yes. Um, so what what do you got for background and significance for the, this one?
1: Yes, like you said, background significance of Robots of Death. Um, written by Chris ba- Boucher, directed by Michael Bryant. This is the very tail end of the Hinchcliffe Holmes era. Uh, they do this story, and then they do the talents of Wang Chang, and then Hinchcliffe leaves, and then Holmes leaves a couple stories later, um, at the behest of Graham Williams, who asked him to stay on after Hinchcliffe. Holmes was going to leave after Hinchcliffe. But that's a story for another day. Um, Robots of Death comes from a writer named Chris Boucher, who is a very promising uh, writer that Holmes kind of found. Uh, Boucher was tasked with writing The Face of Evil, which is the story right before this, in which he introduces uh, Leela and and has all these great ideas, and uh, Holmes had commissioned a different story from Douglas Canfield, who was a director, but that story kind of fell through, so they needed something very quickly. Holmes himself was going to be writing the finale, so he... Uh, instead of writing a brief about who Leela was and having to rewrite that a lot, he just brought in Chris Boucher again to write a very quick story so that he would he could just use Leela um, and not have to worry about the characterization of her at all because uh, Boucher had cr- essentially created the character. So Boucher came in, kind of wrote a very quick A story about robotics and a murder mystery based on uh, Agatha Christie's Ten Little Indians. Uh, And it's considered one of the best stories of the era, as we're going to see in just a few minutes why that's true. Um, (laughs) uh, Michael Bryant, this is his last story directing on... This is his last story that he directed on Doctor Who. Uh, He's previously directed, like, The Sea Devils and, like, a a Dalek story. Uh, He did Death of the Daleks. Revenge of the Cybermen and um, the Green Death. He actually did the Green Death, which I'm really fond of. Uh, But Revenge of the the Cybermen, Death of the Daleks, not great, not great. So this is a guy who really depends on his story. Uh, The one thing that I found really interesting when I was researching for this is that uh, Bryant really hated Boucher's script um he just really didn't like it and so he uh emphasized production values on it which was really not a problem for the Hinchcliffe Homes era cuz they're big on massively overrun budgets and big expensive productions so bryant made a big push for something that was very uh, esoteric, very aesthetically pleasing, which is why everything looks just completely insane and why there's ridiculous hats and eyeliner and all sorts of crazy things like that, which is funny because Bryant was wrong about the scripts. And mm-hmm. so, so what you have is you have a, a writer and director who are not necessarily on, uh, on, t- on like on the same level, but they're both putting out some of their best work. Um, which is really amazing. Of the three stories that Boucher writes, he would come back eventually and do Image of the Fendahl, which is a really, one of my favorites. I love Image of the Fendal. Um, uh Would also be known as the guy who script edited Blake Seven. So he was the guy who was basically the Robert Holmes of Blake Seven, uh, rewriting all of Terry Nation's crazy scripts. <laughs> um, so that's like his claim to fame that, I, that everyone would probably know him from, but this is one of his uh, three Doctor Who stories, and it's easily his best. Um, but I mean it's a story that you just can't deny how good it is. So, uh Robots of Death. Yes.
0: All right. Well, uh before we start talking about it, I wanna remind you that today's episode is brought to you by InstockTrades.com where you can purchase any paperback hardcover Omnibus or Absolute Edition graphic novel collection at thirty five to forty percent off. Uh, place new release specials, uh, plus new release specials are 50% off, and remember all orders over $50 get free shipping, so thanks to InStockTrades.com, go there and buy some comic books. Um, okay, so the Robots of Death, this is one that I've owned for well over a year now and, and just never watched, because I bought it when it was on sale, um, and I, uh, I, I'm. I. I don't want to say that. I wish I'd watched it sooner because I'm so happy that I watched it now. Um, as a, as sort of like a reward on the other side of the Moffat stuff. Hmm. Um. But uh, I'm. am just watching this the the whole time. Just like why have I not watched this before now? Um. Also, uh, the robots of robots of death, uh, basically viewed. Um. <laughs> I mean that's that's they're the, the, the robot ood. Um, yeah. I mean that's that's kind of what this is, which is uh, fascinating. Um, I mean their eyes even go red when they do bad stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, really interesting. Um, so yeah, no, I like that. I like all of that a lot, and I think that honestly, I'd say if you were if you were gonna look back at classic Who, and you were and you were to pick the top 5 most influential classic who stories on new who this would probably be top 3 hmm. um just because like i'm watching this and i would often forget that i was watching classic who mm-hmm. because because the story is so like relevant to now like i could just i mean i I, <laughs> I could see them doing it and and they did um yes yes with the oud uh so you know it's just it's it's interesting watching this and being like oh okay well this was one that uh they definitely saw and was like yeah this would still work in modern context um and then that's when they did the oud i think because mm-hmm. uh, it's so similar like how how could that not be related
1: Sure. Yeah. No. Absolutely. It is. It is something where it's because it is the same sort of thing where I mean it's weird because I I hadn't made that comparison but you know we're talking about the impossible planet in just two weeks um, Mm -hmm. and I'm I'm gonna have a hard time seeing anything different. Granted, the solution is very different. Both of the stories have different aims, um, but you're right. Like it is a it is clearly ood esque in that this is. Uh, the idea of slaves <laughs> as a as a concept and slaves going rogue is something that is very much on everyone's mind or can be at times um and it's and it's interesting i mean like the one difference is that this is dealing with the politics of robotics which uh, knew who wouldn't really have time to do in a forty-five minute episode, and certainly not as as big as this. This is a this is a mm-hmm. mystery that unfolds over four episodes as you learn more and more about the society and the world that Boucher's creating um, as he goes along, which mm-hmm. is really f- fantastic to watch and see.
0: Um, yeah, it's, it feels very lived in, which is great, mm-hmm. um, and it's not it's not something that you normally get with classic Who. Like it really does like most of the time when you come in and you meet a civilization in a classic who story it usually feels like they were just created for this story. Like it never, it very rarely does it feel like these people lived before this story and will continue living after it. Yes. Uh, but yes. here I, I do feel that way. So, mm-hmm.
1: and that, and that's a byproduct of just creating a really good mystery. I think like, mm-hmm. because, all of the pieces have to make sense at the end. All of these characters are given believable characteristics and backstories. Like the the, the I forget I forget his name. It's like Tavon or whatever his name is. Um, uh, oh Taron Capel. Like Taron Capel is, is fascinating because like, I mean one it's a really clever idea. It's this guy who grew up with robots and thinks he's a robot and wants to be a robot. Yeah, <laughs> but like but like you he, know he's uh
0: what, what like Mowgli right.
1: Yeah, basically. I mean... He's
0: like Robot Mowgli. <laughs>
1: Robot Mowgli. <laughs> yeah, like, he he's given this ridiculous backstory that makes all of the pieces come in, and, like, having seen this story several times, and, and watching it again, like, you just watch it, and, yeah, they totally give it away in the second episode with a single shot, where it's like, oh, those are clearly his pants. Um... <laughs> Uh, it doesn't change the fact that all of the pieces are there, so that there's something just slightly off about him, and you never quite know what it is until, you know, he walks up wearing robot makeup, and you're just like, oh, he is not just crazy, he is way gone. Like, just Mm -hmm. totally, totally gone. Um, But even, but not just him, I forget what the name of the guy is who gets uh, Robophobia, but, like, Robophobia is a really, like, watching him just descend into madness is just fascinating, and, and really Awesome to watch, and the right reasoning behind that is just great. Um, and it's just all of those things, like you said, just make the world believable. It makes the mystery that much more engaging and compelling because you're dealing with these real characters. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it hurts to see some of them go down because <laughs> they're yeah. so they're so interesting. All of them. Uh, it's great. It's just really yeah. great.
0: No, I I um I loved this. Uh, I would, I would even go so far as to say, like this is probably one of my favorites. Oh, um, sure, yeah, of of all time. Like, I, 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 I honestly, I, I think I'd have a hard time finding that many that I like more than this one. Um, yes, it's really good. Like, I even, I think I even prefer this to a few of uh, Holmes's stories that I've sure. seen. Sure, no, absolutely. So it's, it's just, it's excellent. It's mm-hmm. just. It's just excellent, um, yeah. undeniably
1: excellent. Yeah, that's that's my argument. It's like City of Death, like it's 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 basically the City of Death of this era, where it's kind of a gatekeeper, where it's like this is just baseline excellent Doctor Who that's working on every level. There's not mm-hmm. a point of the story that isn't good. The only things that make stories better than this are when they go above and beyond the call, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, your your talents of Wang Chiangs, for example, or your uh, caves of Androzani's, or your war games, like, mm-hmm. and it's very few. Like this is probably in my top 10, if not 10, 15. Like, it's mm-hmm. it's so undeniably good. Like, you can't, I don't know how you can watch this and not say that it's just really spectacular. And I mean, part of that is down to something like the design, the Vok robots themselves are oh, yeah. terrifying. Like, just truly terrifying. One of the, one of my favorite designs in all of Classic Who. Just oh, yeah. so fun to watch and just look at. Uh, uh,
0: and even the, uh, even most of the effects work like gangbusters. I mean, mm-hmm. um, the only one that I, I find questionable is the red static in their eyes, mm-hmm. but when it's used in the syringe, I'm surprised at how good it looks. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, yeah, like it's, it looks great. The red static in the syringe looks great in their eyes. It's a little messy and not quite, uh, it doesn't look quite right. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked it when they were didn't didn't in the first episode weren't the red eyes a solid red? I liked that better.
1: I think so. I don't remember. And then
0: they just changed it to the red static randomly. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. weird. I don't know yeah. why they did that. Um but when it was just the when it was just the plain red I loved that. I loved the red static in the syringes. Um, yes. Was like uh, lightsaber technology or something. I don't know what was going on there. It was really cool. Uh, it looked really great. It looked mm-hmm. really great.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and and like that. I mean, that's one of those things that I mean, the because you're, you're right. The effects like that. The, there's that static. There's all of the choices where. Bryant will shoot – like, normally when you shoot something on blue screen, you're shooting the background in blue – you're shooting the background – you're making the background blue screen and everything else is, you know, our characters or whatever. But Bryant flips that and makes the foreground what's normal and makes the background blue screen Um, and makes – the and the background is what our our, our characters are actually doing. And watching mm. it like that – um, and he does that to get the scope of, like, the bridge of the mining ship and, and that sort of thing. By doing that, he really just gets the scope of the ship because this drilling tank that they're driving around in feels very lived in. It feels massive. It feels oh, like yeah. a labyrinth. Um, there there are just scenes where they'll be walking through the corridor, and, yeah, they're just recycling the set but it feels like they're in a completely different part of the ship because of the way that Bryant has established the setting early on. Um, and it's fascinating to watch because few other Doctor Who stories get that sense of scope. Um, that's something that is pretty much relegated to the Hinchcliffe Homes, if I'm being perfectly honest with my memory right now. Other mm. stories don't feel as expansive as this one does, and this is just a, you know, it's a ten little Indians on a, on a very small tank, like that's all it is. It's a very claustrophobic story, and yet it mm-hmm. feels, you know, like you're drowning at times. It's fascinating. It's so mm-hmm. interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. No, I mean, I,
0: I it's it's funny because it's like it's hard to even really talk about it because it's just all so good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I mean, I, I mean, I guess we could like talk about certain uh, bits of it. Um, but it's it's. It's just—it's all really good. Uh, even the cliffhangers, I like a lot. Yeah. Um,
1: the second cliffhanger is amazing, um, and that's—it's it's very simple, just because not much is happening. But Bryant just cuts it three times within the musical sting. Normally, when you're in the musical sting, you have about a five-second static shot. But by cutting it away, cutting away two times to three different shots within the five-second span, it just feels intense. Like, Mm -hmm. it just feels ridiculously intense. And it's interesting how just a simple thing like that can really just up your ante in a big way. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, The one that I'd want to mention really quickly, just as a thing, is uh, we have to talk about D84. Um, Mm. Because uh, I love D84. Uh, Oh, yeah. (laughs) He's just, he's so great. Um, and fascinating to watch and i'm so sad every time he goes out the end of this because um, i just want him to join like screw chameleon bring on d84 because <laughs> <laughs> he's so because he's just so interesting um mm-hmm. beautiful like beautiful to look at uh amazing just so yeah wonderful
0: when he go- when he goes out it's really it's a bummer yeah, because
1: especially because he goes out like just fighting, like he sacrifices himself for the mission, mm-hmm. and you're like, no, mm-hmm. <laughs> no, yeah, why? He's
0: he's really really great. Um, I uh, yeah, I loved. Uh, what was he? He was around for like what two parts? Um, uh, he kind of starts showing up in part two. Um, yeah, so three parts. Okay. Um. Yeah. No. He's he's really great. Um. I'll be honest. You keep telling me that I'm going to like Leela eventually, and uh, I don't know when that's going to happen because I still can't stand her. Um, <laughs> so I don't, I don't believe you. I don't think it's going to happen. Um,
1: if you don't like her in this, you're not going to like her. It's yeah,
0: no, I don't. I don't like her in this. She's just dumb. Um, I don't. I don't. I don't get Leela. I just don't get her. Sure. Uh, she's dumb. The doctor treats her like crap. Uh, and, and she makes, she just makes stupid mistakes and she's just like, she's just dumb. I just don't, I, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't know what she brings to the table, um, as a companion. So, uh, I, I like, it's just her constantly like, oh, I'm going to fight this thing. And then the doctor's like, uh, don't do that. And she's like, oh, seriously. And he's like, yeah. And she's like, Okay. <laughs>
1: See, I don't, I don't think it's that at all. I mean, like the thing about the thing about Lila that's interesting to me is just that she is this, um, she's just completely out of her depth because mm-hmm. she understands things and doesn't understand things. It's the same way where, like, to use a very, ab- like, just abstract example in Objects in Space, which is the last episode of Firefly. uh, uh, Joss Whedon on the commentary talks about this scene where the crew of Serenity are talking in the dining room About what they're going to do with River because she's a loose cannon. And in that scene, there's a part where River is listening from below, um, listening to the world above. And Jubal Early, the bounty hunter in the episode, is listening from outside of the ship. And one of the comments that Whedon makes in that episode is... Those characters are listening to the same conversation, and they are both understanding it more than the characters inside the room, and not understanding it as much as the characters in the room because they're on different levels. Leela kind of brings that aspect to the companion role. She is not of any world that we understand. She is. Uh, do you know Leela's origin story at all? She she's like a a warrior from like
0: a. a- planet of savages right not
1: really Um, the idea is that there was this uh, there was this spaceship that crash landed on on a on a planet and there were two factions of tribes that were birthed out of the spaceship where two one were the warriors like the soldiers and they went out into the wilderness and they lived and they completely just lost track of everything and and reverted into savagery. And there's another group that's, you know, the more brainy, nerdy types who are stuck on the actual spaceship. So so Leela is from a far... She's a far-future savage, which is an interesting juxtaposition. So, like, she... She is very much savage. She is this character who runs around with a knife and just wants to stab things because that's her, her life. Her life is in the jungle in the tough, on the tough streets, I suppose. But she's also this character who has this really nice heart and who is just trying to improve herself and be better and be smarter. And, you know, the doctor's trying to, to be, make her into a better person. Like, I love all of that. I think Louise Jameson is a really great person. When you realize that what she's doing is very much based on irony, I think it gets a little bit better. I don't know if, if that's something that you've looked into. Because it's not... She's not a character who you should be taking terribly seriously. She is kind of a joke. But it, within that joke, she's also kind of a badass. Um, and that's like... It's this weird juxtaposition that I find I really like. Um, she's mm-hmm. not my favorite companion, but I think that she is given a short shrift. But like, you know, her and the... F- first her first four stories is amazing um face of evil this talons and horror fangrock is great leela um and wonderful to watch like you just you just have to come at her with a bit realize that the writers are very sardonic when it comes to her that she is earnest but that earnestness is irony from their perspective um because she's so out of her depth and out of her league she's seeing robots she doesn't get it See,
0: I hear all that, and all I'm hearing is Strax, 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 Strax. I get because, that. Because that's how, that's how Moffitt's writing Strax, is exactly the same way.
1: Right, but I don't think that Strax is as interesting a character as Leela is. Because, <laughs> because Strax has nowhere to Obviously. go. Obviously. <laughs> Clearly, right. Yeah. But, like, Strax has nowhere to go. Like, Leela is constantly...
0: Well, but d- does
1: Leela go anywhere? I mean, well, she gets married off. It's weird. Um, <laughs> it's a really service to her character. I mean, they're trying to... She's trying to make herself better. I mean, she's trying to be this person who's seen... But she's not, like, a typical companion at all. She's not around to, like, you know, have a fun adventure. She's just around because she's friends with the Doctor. And yes, the Fourth Doctor is not the nicest person to her, especially given something like Invisible Enemy... Mm-hmm. but it, there is a charming companionship there that I really enjoy I, I
0: I don't I just don't I feel like if he's taking her under his wing to try and teach her something about the world and to teach her to be less of a savage I I don't like the interpretation that he's just like constantly impatient with her like it just doesn't it doesn't make any sense like those two things don't work together in my brain. Sure. Um, so I just don't buy it, I guess.
1: Sure. And I and I would agree, I mean the the problem inherent in making Leela this character who is to be taught, as we ta- as we'll surely talk about in Talons of Wang Chiang, is that it's this idea that you have to educate the women. The men have to educate the women. Like and that's why I'm reticent to say that he's trying to teach her. Cause the relationship is Complicated. I don't think he's trying to to teach her because honestly, I don't think he cares. Um, like, yes, he wants to make her into a better person, but we all want to make our friends into better people. Um, but I I'm reticent to use the phrase educate because educate ends up coming off a little bit more misogynistic than I'd like it to be, regardless of whether or not it is. But um, so, I mean, that's my reticence with it. But I agree that his his impatience is 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 trying, but I hardly think. But I don't I don't think it's as glaring here as it is elsewhere this is more manageable for me um Mm. especially here in talons um like this is nowhere near invisible enemy where i just am disgusted uh i
0: just think I, i i just don't think she works as a fourth doctor companion i think she'd be a much better fifth doctor companion sure i think she just makes more sense there i don't it seems like a mistake to put this kind of character with the impatient doctor. Um, sure. Because that's, I mean, if, if, if I could define uh, Tom Baker's doctor as anything, it would be a uh, complete lack of patience, um, for anybody, even when he is, I, cause I, 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 seem to remember there's scenes where he's like being patient and the companions impatient. um, Sure. Uh, and he's just like, chill out, you know, just relax. But even in that, even in those moments, he's impatient with the companion, not having patience. Yes. <laughs> um, so like I, he's just very impatient with people and he doesn't, he just doesn't deal with them very well. That's why someone like Sarah Jane works because Sarah Jane as a companion for the fourth doctor, like she is completely self-reliant. And she can just go and, and do her own thing, and she, the doctor can help her out of jams sometimes. But like she's always trying to do stuff on her own, whereas this feels like he's constantly having to like, I don't know, uh, babysit her. Mm. It feels like a babysitting thing, and I don't I don't like that. That's not that's not what I want from a doctor companion uh, situation.
1: Yes, agreed on the not wanting babysitting, but, like, looking at this, like, there's parts of this where she is very autonomous. Like, yeah, she joins up with the doctor several times, and, yes, there's that thing at the end where he's just, like, turn on the helium gas. (laughs) Um, Yeah. But, like, I do see her as running around. Like, the first time that... D-84 speaks is in the presence of Leela without the Doctor being there. The Doctor doesn't really get to meet D-84 until Episode 3 Part 2 is all about, you know, there's an extended scene where D-84 is introducing himself to Leela and Leela's trying to understand what's going on. And doing a fairly good job at doing that. um, Because D-84 is able to um, uh, explain himself. Um, But I see what you mean and I hear your concern. I don't share it. But I Mm -hmm. think that that's it's definitely something that um uh, I hear like I, I I get it and to be fair like it took me a long time to get Leela as well um just because I it's she is so hard to write for like I think she's a very difficult companion to write for because she's such a specific, esoteric, complex character. Mm-hmm. Um, she's not like Sarah Jane. Sarah Jane is a much easier character under- to understand. Sarah Jane is us. Um, Leela is not us. She's about as not us a companion as there is. Um, mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, I mean. that's It's hard to get into. Uh, uh, most people like her because she wears skimpy outfits, I mean, to be honest. Uh, yeah,
0: I know that she's a favorite of fandom, and
1: I'm fairly certain that that's the reason why. Mm-hmm. Um, well, which I mean, it's a whole other problem. <laughs> it is. It is a whole other problem. But I, but I will say that I think that amongst other things, I think Louise Jameson is brilliant. I think she's really, really great at being Leela. Like I love watching her work, and I love seeing her on the show. And I just every time I watch her more, I like her a little bit more. I'm at that point now. Then again, I'm also at a point where I really do like Tom Baker as well. <laughs> so I came around on that one too. See, I can change my mind people who Mm. think that i can't after the name of the doctor um (laughs) (laughs) so i mean so i mean there's i mean there's that um maybe someday but robots of death thumbs way up just oh yeah such a a real gem of the air like considering like this season like this is the same season as um talons and deadly assassin is this story like that's insane like three of the six are those three and, and, like, that's to say nothing of Face of Evil, which I think is pretty good, Hand of Fear, which I think is pretty good, and Mask of which I think is underrated. Um, not, none of which you've seen, I believe. So, like, just Hinchcliffe Holmes, man. Just the mm-hmm. good stuff. The real good stuff. Mm-hmm. And speaking of them, but in a minute...
0: Yes, uh, we've, we're going to talk about Roots of Evil in just a sec before we do. I want to remind you that today's episode is brought to you by DCBService.com. DCBS is the site that lets you pre-order all your monthly comic book statues, action figures, anything you can get from a local comic book shop. Uh, you place your orders 2-3 months in advance. Monthly discount specials up to 75% off and regular discounts of 40% off. Ship as uh, often as you like with orders as large or small as you like. You only pay six ninety five in flat rate shipping. So thanks to DCBService.com. Make sure you're checking there uh, every month because they are There's always tons of Doctor Who stuff um, every month and uh, tons of like merchandise, like toys, comics, all kinds of stuff. And especially, especially uh, this year, there's going to be tons. Um, There's an overabundance of of, of Doctor Who merchandise because of the anniversary. So uh, make sure you're checking out DCBService.com and get your uh, discounts on all this Doctor Who stuff that's coming out um speaking of things coming out for the uh, 50th anniversary uh, the roots of evil is the newest ebook uh, to be released the newest e novella um, and uh, this is our fourth doctor one it's uh, it's it's written by Philip Reeve uh, called the roots of evil it's Leela and uh, the fourth doctor and um, in this they go uh, basically the doctor and Leela show up at this sh- space station that's grown out of a tree um and the doctor finds out that they're they've been waiting around to get vengeance on a man in a blue box uh and they uh they basically like they attack the doctor the doctor realizes it's a misunderstanding and that it's actually wasn't him yet he does he, he they they they're mad at the doctor but it's not it's not him it's actually the 11th doctor that caused the problem 900 years ago and he's sort of showing up out of order um and uh he explains the misunderstanding and they 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 uh fight the evil power mad leader and then uh, uh go about their merry way and i'll be honest like uh I think this is my favorite one. Um, this was really fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was so fun. It was so fun. And it was just like, as soon as they're like, oh, it's a it's a space station made out of a tree. I was like, oh, that's science fiction. I like that. <laughs> like, it's just so, like, fantastical. I, 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 I loved it. I loved it. I love yes. this one.
1: Yeah. This is my second favorite after mm-hmm. um, uh, the, the last one we did, The Spear of Destiny, because I thought The Spear of Destiny was really amazing. Um, b- but this is a very close second. This is, like, everything I want out of these, which is that, mm-hmm. you know, it's a huge send-up to the Hinchcliffe Holmes era. It's based on, like, just horror. Um, it, I could just slot. You could, it's weird that we're talking about this fourth Doctor story, Robots of Death with this because it's so tonally similar even though this takes place well after that because K-9 makes a cameo for no reason um and and, uh, uh but watching it like looking at it it just feels like it's straight out of this era there's a possession there's horror there's um big massive just images and and wonderfulness but it's a great sort of story about you know the doctor coming out and uh uh, being after like coming up and fixing a mess that he might have caused um which is, is something that Robert Holmes did in say uh brain amorbius and talents of Wang Chiang where the doctor is fixing something that you know had come before he's cleaning up a mess um and this is that sort of thing i I thought that the 11th doctor thing was slightly gratuitous um b- Not, but, I,
0: I would say I would say yes but I in mo- well, I would say yes in most cases, but this being the fiftieth anniversary year, I would almost want more of things like that. Sure, um, more of those uh, links, I guess, mm-hmm. um, in these things. So I, I really enjoyed that because I like the linking back. I mean, I, I mean, I would have rather it been like the tenth Doctor, uh, mm-hmm. just because it's like, do we really have to go to the one that is current? Yeah, she <laughs> could have. I mean, it could have been Eighth Doctor. It could have been any other Doctor, and it would have been a little bit better. But, mm-hmm. uh, but I did. I didn't mind it at all. Sure.
1: Yeah. My my, my problem was that it was the Eleventh Doctor. Like I would really kind of wanted it to be the Fifth Doctor personally. That was the one that I was going for. Um. Mm. But I loved it. But I love that. <laughs> It's the same Doctor Who problem that, like, we always have with the classic series, where it's you know there were two people and there was there was the the haves and the have-nots and there was a civil war and the Doctor helped the have-nots and the haves went out. But but what I love about this is that it's a subversion of that because it's about how the haves are just really bitter, so yeah. bitter that they name their children just ridiculous things. That
0: huh? was that was the best joke. I laughed out loud when I <laughs> when
1: I read that
0: oh my god i love that so much yeah, that was fantastic a,
1: there's, there's a there's a guy whose name is um it's like it's like vex or something like it, I'm, I'm pulling it up really quick his name is his name is like ven but ven. his given name is like ven da, 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 da. we can cut we can cut all of this out so like it's not a huge it's not a huge problem um if you
0: would stop talking i would have actually been able to see that uh, we should edit this out, so it's probably not going to get edited out now, and that's fine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, uh, fine. fine. I, I didn't, I didn't want you to, uh, I didn't want you to pause it, anyways. That's totally, that's totally, that's totally fine. Yeah, his name is Ven, which is short for "Vengeance will be ours when the Doctor dies a thousand agonizing deaths," <laughs> <laughs> which is so funny. It's so it's so hilarious. Like,
0: but it, you know what's funny about that joke is that like this is definitely a send up to the the Hinchcliffe Holmes era, but that joke in particular feels so
1: Douglas Adams it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's perfect marriage of the two like, yeah it's, it's amazing because then and then there's another wor- girl whose name is aggie which is which is short for agony without end shall be the doctor's punishment which i mean <laughs> when you're doing that like that's just so grammatically questionable that you're just you <laughs> clearly ran out of names a couple hundred years ago and, uh... you're just, and you're just dealing with it but i love that that revenge is just like a massive plot line of the story like these guys just waited 900 years for this because they're like he's gonna come back and we're gonna be ready for him Um, and the Doctor has no idea what's going on, because of course he wouldn't have any idea what's going on. And Mm -hmm. it's just, I mean, it's just a delight to read. It's such a fun, splashy adventure, just so exciting and and delightful. Um, That. It's, I I really, really liked it, um, especially the stuff at the end. And I could hear Tom Baker too. I mean like we're finding mm-hmm. that more and more, but like there was some of this where it was just I was just like, oh, well, there's Tom Baker um, mm-hmm. in the best of ways. no no Dickish Tom Baker lines, which I loved um, <laughs> And just really wonderful. just really yeah. Amazing. It was
0: a really fast read too, probably the fastest of all of them.
1: Yeah, I felt like maybe it was the shortest of them because it felt like – I mean, I whipped through this faster than I was expecting to, yeah, because mm-hmm. um, I just – I flipped the page, and I was like, oh, I'm 45% of the way through this. Thanks, Kindle. Um, Like, it just, it just happened really quickly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, no, this is great. I'm so glad we're reading these. Like, I'm just so – every time we get one, it's such a treat and a delight, and I know that we have to wait a while for the next one. I think we have to wait, like, five more stories or something where it's like five four away. Um, and then we have to take a long break, but I was <laughs> doing the math on it. and
0: This is actually the longest one. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I just looked at page counts and it was 41, 44, uh, 15,
1: 55. So. Wow. Wow. Yeah. They're getting longer. Um, <laughs> well, I mean that, that, that's funny though. I think the thing that made the third one feel really long is just that it was very much divided into lots of chapters so that you know you had mm-hmm. a constant sense of how much was changing every mm-hmm. couple of pages which I which I liked um but this is great I can't wait for um for uh, tip of the tongue which is mm-hmm. the next one and then we're I hope taking... it's good I hope it's I, good. I, I I hope so good but if, if it's any indi- if this if so far as any indication we're in a really great place with these like I think the only one I haven't liked is the second one just because I thought the second one was mad boring um but the rest of these I mean they're all just there's so much there's so much fun so um the next one we'll do is when we cover arc of infinity and it's going to be it's written by pa- pa- patrick ness um who i don't know um nope uh, whatever
0: um yeah <laughs> um but uh next week uh we're going to be talking about the first doctor story the rescue um which should be interesting it's a short one isn't it isn't it a short one yeah two parts yeah two parts awesome um, so we're going to be talking about that soon. And then on the other side of that, uh, 10th Doctor story, The Impossible Planet, The Satan Pit. So uh, the, the actual Ood instead of the robot Ood. Mm-hmm. Um, the Wheel in Space, second Doctor story, and then uh, Arc of Infinity and Tip of the Tongue. So that's what's coming up in the not-so-distant future. Yes. Uh, so, yeah. And in the meantime, uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm twitter.com slash Scott Corelli. Also twitter.com slash Scott Commentary. And uh, you can also find me on our other podcast, The Mind Robbers, uh, which is our just general media discussion show. Um, basically, whatever we were been watching, reading, uh, generally consuming, uh, we just talk about it on that show. Mm-hmm. Um. And then, of course, uh, the Mind Robbers Versus, uh, which I described earlier. And, um,
1: yeah. Yeah, Matt, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter, twitter.com, slash gungadin. You can also find me on my Twitter account, twitter.com, slash commentary, where I live tweet things like Smash. Uh, I thought I was going to backburner it. I hope not to. Uh, We'll see how that goes. Um, Hmm. The idea idea is um, to have it ready, to have it all done by the end of the next Mind Robbers. So, hopefully, that's good. Hmm. Not the one that's out. Uh, that was out this week well clearly not Um, (laughs) sorry I I just realized how far ahead we're recording this one Um, right yes (laughs) the one that's out this week hopefully I finished all of Smash so hopefully you followed me there and listened to all my hilarious rambling thoughts about how much they should do The Great Gatsby Um, Uh, which was uh, made me happy Um, I'm
0: I'm so mad that it got cancelled now because I totally I totally would have caught up to watch the show to watch that happen
1: well, there's no telling on if it would or would not happen. I haven't caught up yet, and uh, just I don't I don't know if it would or would not happen. But it, it looks like it might have happened. So we'll uh. see. We'll see. Well, I'll see how they I'll see how they do. Um, that'll be fascinating. So check me out there, and of course, classicalgalfray.blogspot.com, where you can see all my thoughts on all of the classic Doctor Who stories that were made. Uh, check out the entry of Robots of Death, which I actually didn't write. That was written by Cassandra. who Um. Uh, and it was one of the things where I was like, "I'll give you robots a death if you just keep putting up with terrible stories." And she was like, "Okay." And then I regretted it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was that in Snake Dance where I was just like, oh I shouldn't have done that." Um, yeah, it'll be one of the ones that you go back and rewrite. I'm sure. I'm sure when the inevitable book ends up yeah. happening, right in 2023, I think. Um, <laughs> I don't know when. I don't know when that's going to happen. Uh,
0: well, I mean, you can do it now. You can make it for Kindle.
1: I I know I could do it now. I just don't have time or energy to go back and do it. Well, <laughs> which fair is enough. A problem. <laughs> yeah. oh, all right. Well, the, the rescue next week, which I did write an entry for, and is actually fantastic.
0: You should do these as we are covering
1: them on the show. You know, like just you know go many, back and rewrite it. Do you know how many hours that took? Like each part took me anywhere from thirty minutes on a good part to two hours. On a longer part. Sometimes longer. So, you know.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, like, it, with this story... Well, I'm, just, like I'm, looking... no, I'm
0: just thinking as a way to spice it out.
1: Um, no, I... I, I so I you're not you.
0: doing it like... You're not like, okay, time to do the book now. And then you're just, you know, bogged down by the insanity of it all. All at yeah. once.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe I'll... Because I want to release them in installments. So maybe mm. they'll first doctor and the second doctor together. I don't know. When I do first doctor stories, I'll work on those. Uh, Unfortunately, that means that I'd have to write up Wheel in Space as well. Boo. Um. Uh, I'm not looking forward to that one. (laughs) Anyways, we'll be back next week Uh with The Rescue. Alright, bye guys. Bye.